Welcome to the Art Studio Insights Podcast, where we demystify the creative process and exchange ideas with career-minded artists. We are your hosts, Adriana M.A. and Jackie Sanders. We're two emerging artists sharing forward the advice and business lessons we have learned along our journey. So if you're not already, please go ahead and subscribe. This will help other creatives like you find our podcast and you'll be notified when we drop a new episode every week. On today's episode of Art Studio Insights Podcast, we are going to be discussing art products. Now, Jackie and I were talking and we think that this episode deserves a warning (laughs) (laughs) at the very beginning of it. The topic we're going to be covering is definitely one that may send you on a rabbit hole. I mean, we're speaking from experience here, spending countless hours looking at different products and options and things like that. But You've been warned. <laughs> Let's just kind of talk about this. This is just an introduction. By no means are we going to cover everything there is to cover uh, about our products, but we just wanted to share with you, you know, some things to be aware of during the process and that we encountered in some of our experiences. So Jackie, do you want to uh, get us started with this? Yeah, so definitely. This is something that they don't cover in art school. I know a lot of our listeners are probably either self-taught art artists or maybe you have a formal education, but there has been no formal training that covers art products that I know of. I mean, having gone through the academia route, getting even my master's and then even some business school courses, any type of formal training doesn't cover what art products are, Um, If you make them yourself, if you have a third party make them, benefits to having them, all the creative decisions that you have to make during this process, and just all those different variables that you have to consider. So that's what we wanted to cover today. Um, But obviously, let's start off by just discussing what exactly art products are. Yeah, absolutely. And I'll add to that last little bit. They don't cover this in business school either, and that's what I do. (laughs) Yeah. Would have been nice, but it's all right. So art products, um, we're going to define them as having your artwork on everyday objects. Um, So we're going to discover, you know, we're going to discuss paper products on a different episode. That is definitely another rabbit hole topic. But for now, we're just going to be thinking about things like getting your artwork on water bottles, t-shirts, greeting cards, you know, and we'll go into more detail later on with that, but just to give you an idea. Exactly. And so these are things that you can either make yourself, you can have someone else make them, maybe a local business, um, or order them through a third party site. Um, And so I'm just starting this process and starting to dive in. I have a few stickers that I've bulk ordered online. I have motivation cards that I have a local business print for me, Um, but I'm just starting to dip my toes into it. And I'm looking to expand the opportunities. But like Adriana said before, it's a total rabbit hole. Um, (laughs) But Adriana, you've handmade products yourself, right? Yeah, absolutely. So one of the options for art products is to make them yourself. Um, I just recently made a hand-painted clock, which everybody keeps asking about. It's so much fun. I had to keep it. (laughs) (laughs) Um, It it took a long time to make it. Um, I've also made embellished prints uh, that are mounted on cradle panels. Um, I've also gone through the experience of you can either hand-paint um textiles or in my case actually had them professionally printed 
and then worked with a seamstress to turn some of that into other products like pencil pouches. You can also do scarves, wall tapestries, etc. cetera. Um, however, <laughs> a big consideration with it is it can take a lot of additional time compared to just attempting to delegate some or all of the process to another company or third party. Um, and honestly, my main focus is on the paintings themselves. So I was looking to automate some of it, which is part of why I moved away from doing it by hand. Um, it doesn't mean I won't, but it's definitely going to be more of a one-off situation if I create art products by hand. Um, also, I will say, you know, this is something Jackie and I have been talking for some time. There are different alternatives doing art products, um, you know, so instead of doing them by hand. So I'll just kind of turn this around to you, Jackie, like during your research, what, what some of the uh, alternatives you found? Yeah. So for me, I love the idea of having handmade art products, but because I do have a full-time day job, as we've discussed on other episodes, and I do have to be very conscious of my time. Everyone does. And it didn't make sense for me and what my goals are to be spending the time hand making products. Um, I would rather spend that time working on larger paintings, working towards exhibitions. And so having a third party like print on demand company makes a lot more sense to me and where I want to go because it kind of has that set it and forget it stream of income. And so a lot of people will refer to this as passive income, um, which can be a little misleading because while I do say set it and forget it, like you do have to advertise your products, you have to promote them, put them on your newsletters, on social media. But the theory is once you do all of the upfront work, you set up your systems, you upload your files, um, do some quality control testing, it's less time requirement long-term because then once people order pieces, then you don't actually physically have to make the work as if you were mounting panels yourself. So there's so many companies like this, which I feel like this is where a big bulk of the rabbit hole research comes <laughs> for me. I kind of limited myself to only starting with one or two, but there's so many companies online. If you are like Fine Art America, Red Bubble, Society6, T Public, um, Displate, Printful, Printify, um, and I'm sure there's dozens of others, but the, it seriously is a rabbit hole once you start looking for them and it can be very overwhelming. Yeah, it is. And once you start doing your research, um, there are two main categories, um, you know, that, that we've identified. One of them is white label. So what this means is the products are on your website. It's, it's seamless. You know, it's not obvious to the customer, you know, when they're on your website that there's a third party fulfilling some of this, although honestly, I would disclose it, mm -hmm. um, especially since time to fulfill the order may be different than what it is for you. So other considerations. Um, some of the good things about it is you do have some control over the look and feel of the listing. Um, a customer can buy both an original painting and a product on the same transaction. So it all looks like it's in the same store. Um, you can obtain the customer's email address so you can follow up. Um, mm -hmm. Some of the negatives with it is if a product isn't to the collector standard, they may try to return it to you instead of trying to return it to the company that created the product, 
Um, so you'll, you'll have to work through that. Also, you may have to direct traffic. No, not you may. You have to direct traffic <laughs> to your website store, um, you know, so that people know what products you have. And like Jackie mentioned through newsletters and social media and things of that nature. Mm-hmm. Um, the other type of fulfillment center, if we can call it that, that we found are marketplaces. So here it's, you know, it's where you have to direct your customer to another website to either give them a link or maybe you link it through your website, but they still end up leaving your website to go somewhere else um, where they're going to see your products as well as those from other artists and creators. So some things to consider is positively, you don't have to create a listing for every single available option, right? They can go to that website and see everything that's available, including when you options are released that would have your, you know, your art on them. Mm-hmm. Um, so they can always see the most up to date there. Um, there is a chance you may discover, may get discovered by new collectors. So sometimes some of these, some of these websites will do artist spotlights or they'll have like an explore more or similar to, so, you know, they can find you this way. Um, very good. They take care of the whole order. So customer goes in, I want a mug, check out, boom, done. You get a check, essentially. Um, unfortunately, you can't necessarily always get the customer's email so that you can follow up and let them know when new designs and things are available. So there's that. Um, there isn't always a spot to create a bio with a profile, your contact information, etc. So if that customer really likes your work, they may have to go through the extra step of Googling you to try to find you. Um, And then the other thing in this part, you know, to me is like one of the bigger negatives is the customer may get distracted with another artist's work because sometimes it'll show what you created, but then it'll also have on the side, if you like this, you may also like boom, boom, boom. And they might go like, oh, check this out. And then before they know, before you know it, they've left, you know, your offering. So those are some things to consider, um, you know, when looking at these kind of websites. Right, exactly. And I think a lot of that comes down to, yeah, the relationship that you might want to have with that future collector, um, but then also factoring in the ease of your time, how hands-on and how much control you want over the process. And that's going to be different for everyone as Adriana just laid out, like there are pros and cons to each and like there are no right or wrong answers with this discussion. These are just our thoughts on them, our experiences. And I always advise people to just find your art style first. I felt like when I was first starting to get back into um, my creative journey and the idea of building an art business, I was thinking about art products super, super early. And I even started making some designs and had one or two paintings that I was like, oh, great. Now I can put this on everything. (laughs) But I hadn't quite defined my style yet. So it didn't make sense at that point in my process to focus on products because it, there is an element of, it can feel like you're trapping this phase of your art career in a product, which is great for an advertising standpoint. But if you're still evolving, which we all are, but if let's say you don't have a set series, you don't have a collection of work, my advice is always focus on the artwork first, making a collection and then making art products that make sense for you after the fact, rather than doing one drawing, plastering it on everything and selling, which that is an option if you want to be a products-based business and there are 
thousands of people that are and are very successful at it. But if you want to be an art focused business, I would say focus on your art style first and then wait to invest the time and money into art products. Exactly. And tying into that, and I mean, this is something we can have as a separate long discussion is (laughs) what do you want to be known for? Right. And when you're starting out, you know, creating, you know, your artwork for sale and things like that. A lot of times you're still exploring, like Jackie said, many different styles. Where do you want to go? So don't put that pressure on yourself is basically what we would say. Just take your time. Mm-hmm. Um, so with that being said, I would do same as Jackie. I waited, you know, to start doing products and still I, until I had a more um, a more defined vision as to what I wanted to sell and what I wanted to be known for. So in the meantime, you know, something you can do is. I would suggest, right, experience one or more of these different platforms as a customer first. So, and and you're helping another artist, so that's actually great, but see how you feel about the customer experience. Like how easy is it to order? What's shipping time like? What's the quality of the products like? Um, Some platforms you're going to go in, they're going to feel like a busy, you know, marketplace. Others are more curated. And this will also allow you to kind of get a feel for what do you think that your audience, your collectors, what do you think they're going to be more drawn to? Um, Because it's just going to be different. Yes, they may be doing some of the same products, but the experience is different. And that way, if you go through it yourself first, you're giving yourself that time to test it and see what you feel like before, before you embark on this journey. Right. And that's a great advice, Adriana. And I think especially from the customer standpoint, the huge benefit of our products is that you can support our other artists without necessarily having to pay a lot of money for an original four foot by four foot painting, right? (laughs) We all have those artists that we follow that we really love and want to support and art products are a great way to do that, um, which is also a huge benefit as to why you would want to offer them. Um, because they are typically a lower price point for your collectors rather than original work. You can easily reproduce them rather than having a one-off original painting. If you have, let's say, your painting put onto a water bottle, if 10 different people want the water bottle, you can sell to all 10 of them. Um, So it's minimal time once you get the system set up and you can just keep reselling the reproducible pieces. Um, Mm -hmm. So this is where the real passive income mindset comes in, which is great from a business standpoint. And again, having your future art collectors start by purchasing a product, then they might work up to a small piece of artwork. And then when they can invest the larger money into an original, it's a good way to start building that relationship with them at a lower price point. Yeah. And that also brings up, you know, say you have international collectors, you know, instead of trying to ship an original painting, you know, to another continent, um, depending, some of these services actually have localized fulfillment centers in different Mm -hmm. countries. So it wouldn't be international shipping at that point, which makes it even more accessible for some of your collectors. So I just thought of that one. Yeah, Um, that's amazing. Yeah, to add on to that bit. Um, Also, some other, uh, you know, some of the other benefits. So it's going to allow your, your customer your collector to select a product that best fits their lifestyle while still enjoying your art. (laughs) You know, you can, you can still choose not to have your product on everything like a shower curtain, like 
that might not be on brand, right? But that's okay. But it allows them to choose and they get to see your art every day on something that they are using. So that's obviously you want to be top of mind. Um, Also, depending on what type of printing partner you choose, you may not need to worry about having stock take up precious space plus Mm -hmm. the additional time that it takes to pack and ship. So that's, that's wonderful. You just, you know, focus on doing that for your original artwork. Um, Also think of it as a way of testing product licensing. So if this is an income stream you're interested in, this can give you a way of dipping in your toe before going after the big brands and trying to sign contracts and things of that nature. And, you know, you, you get to test, how do you feel about this? How do you feel? Would you like to have your artwork, you know, available at Target, for example, right? On right. mats and beds and who knows what else. But, you know, before you go down that other rabbit hole, <laughs> <Several> <laughs> this is kind of holes. a way to see how do you, you know, how do you feel about it, right? What does right. it look like? And is your artwork something that would look good on printed materials? Not all artwork right. is good for that. So there's that. Exactly. And creatively, that opens up a whole can of worms, which I think can be a <laughs> another overwhelming part of this process is you are in control. You are the business owner. And so there are so many options. Um, and from a creative standpoint, you have to make those decisions. So like, what kind of products will you offer? Will you offer everything that a website says you can put images on or just a couple of things or nothing? Um, are you willing to design pieces just for the products? Let's say if you have a three foot by three foot painting, If the dimensions that they need on a water bottle are nine inches around and three inches tall, that cropped image might not necessarily either one, look good compositionally or be what you want to represent you. So are you willing to design designs for (laughs) products specifically based on the various dimensions? Um, Some people decide they just want to repurpose their original work, but especially if you work in a digital medium, I know a handful of my series jump back from physical world to digital. So it lends itself better to making some of the designs products because I can easily manipulate them or adjust them to work compositionally. Um, But obviously if your process is nothing digital related, then that might be another hurdle that you at least have to consciously choose Am I willing to go down that rabbit hole? (laughs) Are you willing to um, spend the time to learn these different programs to make products that look good and that people would want to invest money in? Um, And I think especially from a picking a product standpoint, Adriana and I talk a bunch about like how will these products link in with our larger brands? Because as artists, Yes, our artwork represents us, but you are also your own brand. Who you are, what you um, embody, the style of your artwork. It's a really a relationship type business. People want to buy work from artists that they connect with and know and enjoy. And so um, how will your products also reflect that? So as there's no surprise, fitness and health and nutrition is a huge part of my life. And inevitably, it's also a huge part of my creative process. So as I'm slowly starting to expand into the thinking about products, that's a huge thing I'm thinking about. Um, So like products that support healthy lifestyle, being more present. So water bottles, yoga mats, journals, 
um, even bookmarks, because I love reading a book as part of my nighttime routine. So anything that further connects people to connect with their own body, their own mind, their own creativity, that would make sense for me as a brand um, versus maybe other more lifestyle um, type products that I don't use every day. It wouldn't make sense to necessarily have that linked to my brand. You mean you don't want to have your art on a bath mat? I mean, some people do, and I've been so tempted. There are some artists that I follow on social media, which this is another rabbit hole to try to avoid or at least be conscious of. Like there are some artists who seriously make their business on art products, and that is a hundred percent a way to do it. And I've been so tempted to be like, I need this bed sheet. Like this is so good, and this stage photo, I want that in my house. It's like bright and colorful, and it's just amazing. Or a bath mat or a tea towel. Like <laughs> I've been so tempted to buy a million tea towels. It's not even funny, but, but trying to make those conscious decisions. I know at least for me, starting with ones that are more on brands and again, baby stepping my way into it because it can get very overwhelming very quickly. <laughs> yeah. And yeah, absolutely. So on my end, I definitely being a very process oriented artist. Yeah. I'm one of those. I like everything to be multi-purpose and practical and beautiful too. Like why not? Right. right. I can have art on it as well. Let's go for it. So some of the things that I've been looking into are uh, t-shirts and apparel. Um, I mean, our t-shirts all the time. I work with t-shirts and sweaters yeah. and things. So why not? Um, greeting cards for every occasion, clocks, I mean, I made the handmade ones, but I would like to find an option that looks good. It's great quality and can also show off my work. Um, right. Because I think art clocks are always fun. Um, <laughs> scarves, uh, pencil cases and pouches, things like sketchbooks, art books, art journals, et cetera. I mean, at the end of the day, the, the biggest tip we can leave you with when it comes to what kind of products is to pick things that you would actually buy for you, you know, like those things that you go to target and you have somebody else say it's a licensed product and you go, I have to have it. Just, Just think of those things that you would love to see your artwork on that you would actually use. I think that's like one of the biggest things. Right. Um, Like don't put your artwork necessarily on a coffee mug. If if you you don't don't drink drink coffee or tea or don't drink coffee out of a coffee mug. That's See? true. Because I, I drink coffee <laughs> out of a cup, not a there cup you go. So there's that. Um, <laughs> and tea as well, actually. This is tea. Um, <laughs> but also, you know, to consider is like what type of artwork will actually good on products or for products. You're going to need high resolution photos. This, you know, the requirements yeah. vary by what, you know, depending on the website, but depending what type of work you do, this is why it's so good you know, that you go into some of these websites and experiment because some of them you're going to plot your artwork onto them and it's going to be like, mm, right. Like, you know, like, or what do you need to adjust? Like Jackie was talking earlier, will it crop too much to make it work? And then now it doesn't look great. Yeah. So a lot of things right. to consider, but um, those are some of them. And another thing you need to think about too, is your price and your profit on each of the products. So there's a very fine relationship between the quality of the product that you're picking, the price that your client is willing to pay, and then also your profit margin on that product. So 
Obviously, there's so many different options as we've discussed, but you need to understand that the quality of the products that you're going to pick will reflect your brand, um, unfortunately, in a good and a bad way. So if you are really trying to just race to the bottom with your cost, trying to find the cheapest option available, then if that product breaks in a week or two, you kind of have to understand that that's something that you're going to maybe compromise on. And whoever's buying the product from you, that's going to reflect their experience um, with you as an artist. But then obviously on the opposite end of it, if you're charging $200 for a water bottle, one, it's probably not going to do you any good because I know very few people that are willing to spend that much on a water <laughs> bottle. Um, but two, you need to make sure that the price is aligned with your customer's budget and lifestyle. So unless your clientele are the type buying $200 water bottles, <laughs> one, send them to Adriana and I, and then two, <laughs> you probably still need to bump up your prices because if they're willing to pay that, then you're probably underselling yourself. <laughs> Yeah, scratch that. I don't know about all that. I'm not selling $200 <laughs> water bottles. I would have a heart attack. I'd be like, I'm sorry, what? 24 karat gold, what? Okay. <laughs> no, no. Um, I will say though, you know, something that, you know, for you to consider is you, you probably want to scout out what other artists are selling for similar products. So mm -hmm. if you're looking to sell journals, right, you want to see what everybody else is selling them for. You don't really want to undercut. That doesn't look good. But if everybody's selling them for $20, you don't want to be that person that sells them for 40 when it's exactly the same thing. The only thing that changed was whose artwork it is, but it's the same quality, same product. So that is something to think about. Also, just because you may see another artist selling a journal for $15, it doesn't mean they're making a decent profit margin on it. It might cost them $12, you know, through the fulfillment center to make it. So they're only making $3 on top. That's not, not saying that's good or bad, just saying, don't just judge it based on what they're selling it on. It's just good to kind of see what others are doing it for. And then you make your own judgment on that. Also, you want to consider, let's say, you know, you're looking at this as a more inexpensive product, you know, stickers or whatever the case may be, you know, would you rather sell one for $20 or 20 of them for $1? So something to consider, you're going to do it more on a volume basis to make more, or are you going to do it with a higher profit margin? Per item. So some things to consider. Um, also, there are some choices you're going to have to make depending on what kind of provider or fulfillment center or print on demand company you're going to be working with. Will you need to buy in bulk and have an upfront cost? Um, you know, if so, do they offer any discounts if you were to buy larger amounts? Um, do you have the storage space to deal with that inventory? And do you have the bandwidth to pack and ship? The only reason you may consider this is on some of them, if you do it in bulk, right? And let's say you order 20 water bottles, right? You may get them at a lower cost than if a customer is just going and buying one at a time. But now you have to store those water bottles. Now you have to worry about shipping and packing those water bottles. And also the possibility that inventory may age and you're moving on and you still have 19 water bottles you haven't <laughs> sold. So that that's definitely something to kind of, you know, put on the plate. 
Also, are you willing to have less profit margin if a company does the fulfillment? So obviously a huge benefit of that is that you are not involved in the process. You upload the image, you set up the products, and then once you set it, people can order it, you receive a check, everybody is happy, it's a good day. <laughs> but a downside of that, as we've touched on before, is you have less control over the quality of the products. Obviously you can order a sample, test it out, but you don't have as much confidence knowing that this exact object that you have in your hands is what the client is and collector is gonna get when they open their package. So there's a little less confidence there. Um, and also from a packaging standpoint, some companies will let you put your own cards in there or your own customized packaging material, but not all of them. So from a brand representation standpoint, that's another factor that you have to consider of how important is that to you versus having someone else do the fulfilling. Um, right now, I'm considering a couple of white label providers. So I use um, Squarespace. So these providers will integrate directly with my website. I know a lot work with WooCommerce as well. Um, so you can, I can still get the email addresses of collectors. I can still put them on my newsletter, build a relationship with them, but they take care of all the creation of the product, shipping to the customer. So it's kind of the best of both worlds. I say that now, three months from now, who knows what my experience will be, but those are the factors I'm considering. Um, and all this being said though, there are so many decisions you need to make with art products and it's a lot to take in. So the best thing that we suggest that you do is just really start off small. Yeah, like order one or two art products that you would typically use in your everyday life. Give them a try. See what your experience is like. See if your audience shows interest in them. So if you start sharing social media posts and you're doing a little bit of a product placement and people are like, where'd you get that hoodie? I really want it. You yeah. know, that could be a way to, you know, gauge interest. Um, also, take your time deciding what kind of art you want to see in an art product. And it's okay. You know, let's say you order the samples and you go, actually, I don't really want to have my artwork on these products. That's okay too. Like, it's totally okay. This is just an option, a passive income stream option, but it's by no means one that will make or break you. So here is that. Um, to wrap up today's episode, Jackie, I'll ask you, do you have a quote for today that you'd like to share with us that ties yes. into today's topic? Yes. Yeah, so I am super excited. A big goal that I set for myself and my art business this year was focusing on personal finance and learning more about it. So this book, I highly suggest Rich Dad, Poor Dad by Robert Kiyosaki. Um, he talks a lot about finances and a quote that is very applicable to the creative process we pulled from him. So the quote is, to obtain financial freedom, one must be either a business owner, an investor, or both, generating passive income, particularly on a monthly basis. And as artists, we are slowly discovering that you need to be everything as much as we wish that we could just make art in our own little homes and not have to worry about the business side. <laughs> the business is a huge part of being a professional creative and art products we are finding is a great way that can help with that. All right, that's a wrap on today's conversation and we hope you enjoyed this episode. 
Both of our blogs will be linked in the show notes where you can find full episode notes, resources, and links for every podcast episode. If you want to stay connected with us in between episodes and share what you have learned, you can follow us on social media. I'm Ame Art across all platforms. And I'm Jay Sanders Studio across all platforms. Thank you so much for listening and we'll talk to you next week.